and we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 296, aka Year 6, Week 46, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC and Chaos. And since this is your regularly scheduled program, those numbers for you to call are 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Um, barring a phone call, uh, what is going on with you guys this week? Um, well, me particularly, I'm <clears throat> fascinated by the uh, uh, election fraud that uh, is being investigated. Fake and- news. No fraud. It- yeah, it's it's, def- it's probably fake news, but um, anyway, I, I think it's I think it's funny because the the only response is that there's no evidence, and so if the mainstream media doesn't uh, provide any evidence, then that means evidence doesn't exist, apparently. Well, and even when shown the evidence, right, they just they still say that well, that's not real evidence, right? That's and not so proof. There was a one that came out like two days ago, uh, a video of uh, the election office. And what happened is they sent everybody home. This is in, in Georgia. They, they sent everybody home except for like four people who were supposedly supposed to stop counting at 11 o'clock uh, p.m. And they, they stopped momentarily and they wheeled out some uh, suitcases full of ballots. Oh, and then yeah, they, the suitcase ballots. And then they continued to count. It's like, OK. And and then so so this is the fa- Facebook fact check it was really hilarious. Go they, on. they didn't dispute the the counting or the or the uh, ballots coming out from under the table. What they said was, "Well, the the observers were told they could stay, but they chose to go home anyway." <laughs> that was sure. the fact check. It's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so here, I don't, I, I don't, I did not fact fact check this, and Facebook didn't cover it. But this is uh, from a uh, Facebook friend of mine posting about this story and his quote here is kind of funny how the lady in the video with the four suitcases of quote unquote extra late night ballots has only been in trouble for one thing. And apparently this is like her mugshot online from mugshots online. Uh, and it's check fraud. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so totally honest person there. Totally. Yeah. So hilarious. Um, but okay. And I've, I've said this on this show, before uh if you look hard enough at any election you will find cheating and fraud like i'm convinced of that you would be hard pressed to convince me otherwise so when these stories come out i'm not surprised i'm not shocked it's not it's not like oh my gosh this is the this is the first time ever and again trump called it ahead of time like he predicted what is happening uh, and then failed to cheat hard enough to overcome it, in my opinion. So, are you are either of you actually like? Well, is this news to you? Okay. Well, he would have to uh, to cheat harder. He would have to somehow pay off Democrats that hate him to uh, you know to to not cheat. So I don't I don't see how <laughs> how that would uh, accomplish anything. So maybe he did cheat in the in the Republican strongholds but he would have won those anyway and and maybe you know you know maybe there's people throwing away democrat votes and in, in the republican states you know i could see that happening too but they had those states anyway so to me what it is is there's swing states that happen to be uh run by democrats and and that's what 
kind of matters this time around because those those are the only ones that uh you know cheating would have helped out so um i think one of the mistakes trump made as far as cheating is concerned is uh convincing republican voters not to mail in ballots i cuz they could have doubled up too they could have mailed in and hit the polls and it would have been just like the democrats doing it provided that you know it didn't well, get caught I mean, up in yeah but that's asking for well if you're talking about voting twice that's asking for fraud publicly you can't do that but. well i'm not saying he would say to vote twice what i'm saying is he shouldn't have discouraged republicans from mailing in votes because there would be that subset of republicans who go like well the democrats are going to be voting twice i might as well vote twice too they're they're going well yeah but the, the the voting twice thing isn't what i think most of the fraud was i think most of the fraud was done by uh, a very few people in powerful positions and 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 so it's not it's not about individuals cheating it's about uh the you know <laughs> people picked to run this election and they're fraudulent people okay and you don't think trump being in the highest position of power as far as political office is concerned could have convinced a postal worker to take on a suitcase to or two of extra Republican ballots, like out of the, out of his realm of power, no and capability, because it 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 requires the the people counting the votes to ex- accept the extra suitcases. So it no, it wouldn't work. Okay, so it's it's a problem of there's Democrat run elections and they they, they kick out all the re- Republican observers. You know, don't let them see what's happening and and. Uh, and they they and they think that's a fair election. So, all right, yeah, whatever. <laughs> all right. So, the, so there's no way for Trump to cheat and win. I'd say figure it out no, for next there's, time. There's no way for him to cheat and win in a in a swing state that is run by Democrats. Okay, fair enough. Then I I couldn't tell you how else he could have cheated. I guess, but you know, part part of cheating is getting things done, and with that much power and you know well, enough funds. He doesn't have that much power in Democrat-run cities, is, is the thing. Well, then you so. got to come with money. Like everyone has a well, price, you just got to find out what it is. Yeah. He doesn't <laughs> have black ops that could have kidnapped one of their one of their nieces or nephews and sent back a finger and said, "If you don't count these votes this way, maybe not his style, but <laughs> there's yeah. one. There's more than one way I, to do you it. You know. You know. Maybe maybe we'll get to that after after this because basically, if if the the people on the right say, well, if cheating is the way it's done, then um, maybe they will come up with crazy stuff like that. It's, that's the way it's done. Why is everyone, why is anyone shocked and appalled what, and ki- surprised kidnapping? by Kidnapping? In general, yes. <laughs> okay. Like I've, I talked, I talked to a customer and, uh, and, and someone, you know, locally here, there are articles like, so uh, the, the customer that I talked to for my regular job, like he's hardcore Republican, hardcore Trump, and like mildly conspiracy t- uh, theorist, right? Conspiratorial. And so I'm like, you know, I, I asked him, like, where are you, where are your, what are your thoughts on this? And I, oh, he's like, oh, Trump's going to get reelected. I go, really? Because to me, that's that's like a delusional point of view, right? And so he starts going into the conspiracies and the stories. He's like, I was listening to this show, this radio, and the the guy on the show plays real close attention to like military and civilian flight paths and flight patterns and where the air aircrafts are and you wouldn't believe 
uh, how many flights are like taken off from certain cities uh, and and ending up in like uh, Guantanamo Bay and Honduras, like black ops. Like, whatever happened to that vice president of the Dominion voting system? Poof, just up and disappeared. You know where he is? Honduras, right? Like that's that's the level of conspiracy that you can get to. And I go like, yeah, that's plausible, right? They've black bagged people before. That's not unheard of. The entire Guantanamo Bay prison system is about black bagging people uh, and, you know, accusing them of terrorism or whatever and doing all sorts of mean, nasty, ugly things to them um, because, hey, you can do it there because it's not on American soil and therefore I'm not on American jurisdiction. So what you're saying is Trump isn't done cheating yet. Well, I'm saying not only is he not done cheating, I I don't think I'm not convinced he's going to be able to pull this off. That's my main point. Well, I'm not either. Like when when people say, but when you, you say know, there's they, nothing that he could have done, you know, and with with the black bag Guantanamo possibilities available, right? Like there's stuff he could have done if he really wanted to cheat and win. Maybe you count these votes. Maybe you don't count these votes. Maybe you see your sister tomorrow night. Maybe you never see her again. I know, but that there's lots of polling sites. There's lots of cities. There's lots of. You know, <laughs> That that would have been. There's a lot of proud boys. No, but it would have been too too big of a conspiracy to pull off. So I think a better conspiracy would be to wait till the election is over, call it a fraud, and then just stay in. Well, but he's not going to stay. Okay, are you are you one of those people that are convinced he's going to stay in? Then no, I'm not. I don't. Okay. I, I don't know either way what's going to happen. But all all I'm saying is is that the the, the mainstream media is is not. Uh, you know, reporting honestly about you know what type of fraud happened, and it's like when when somebody's telling you you know what information you can't have, then that makes people want to believe it more or want to. You know, I mean, that it, it makes it more realistic that it's actually true if somebody says, "Oh no, you can't have that information." Uh, I, I, from a conspiratorial standpoint, yes, that's true. They go like, you're not telling us the full story. So I'll believe this alternate version, uh, even though the alternate version is based on like wild speculation. I get it. I just, I don't, I don't see anything coming from it on the national level. Right. Like well, I, whether, again, whether I, it does or it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. What is, what's more important to me is, is the the whole uh, system is, you know, this same with, you know, all, all the information about whether it's climate change or COVID or, or whatever it's, they don't want people to have certain information. Okay. And, and I guess and maybe I I'm wrong. jaded because I, I get it right. Like that does not surprise me. That's, that's not, that doesn't ring the, Oh my gosh, you know, shout from the rooftops bell. But it goes, yeah, of course, of course they don't. Why is that surprising? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of things that are true that the that people don't want you to know. So that's that's my whole point. So, um, uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what what's going to come of that? What I, I mean, I part, well, part that's of me, the big next step. Part of me says I hope as much chaos as possible happens. You know, I hope that the people on the right, you know, oh, you know, tr Trump is supreme leader, and they and they just you know flip out and you know. Uh, I don't know, d destroy the Democrat cities worse than the Democrats did. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so violent uprising from the Proud Boys maybe, and the Maybe. Right. No, not the Proud Boys. <laughs> the, 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 as far as I'm concerned, the, the Proud Boys, all they ever did was uh, make demonstrations and then 
uh, fight with the counter protesters or come out and directly fight protesters. So, well, who who from the right then is going to you know start a violent uprising? Like I don't. And I'm not, and I'm not saying it's even a violent uprising. It's it's like it's like there, there's enough people that would just um, take things to whatever extreme level they can. Like for a example, dual presidency. So, some places say you know some place some restaurants, for example, might put a sign that says you know Democrats not welcome. Okay, it's not violent. Um, oh yeah. But it's 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 definitely you know a statement saying you know. That they're not welcome. So I, I think I told you last week. There's already a gun shop in town that has that very sign on the door. If you voted for a Democrat, you know, you are not welcome in our shop. Right. Um, and it could go even you know more extreme every everywhere you go. So basically, just just like the polling places, they were trying to get rid of all the Republicans in there so they couldn't see what's going on, so they could you know cheat without being caught. Um, if and and it could and you know it's, it's kind of like that in Hawaii too. Like get get all the Republicans out. Now there's no Republicans in in in, uh, in office in Hawaii. It's like okay, how's that working out? Well, shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it. I mean, the the, the Hawaii strategy right now is well, we got to get Biden in there so we can get a bailout because we're we're bankrupt. Wonderful strategy, huh? Well, and and again, I'm not saying that this is. I'm not endorsing Republicans either. Uh, but if you know if if that's your strategy, and it's not working, maybe try something else. Maybe try none of the above, right? Maybe get I, if if the if the Republicans had won, and we were talking about you know the Democrats complaining about a, an all Republican seat. I'm like, well, how's it working out? Probably probably not that well in certain areas. Just like you know when you put the, when you put the left in charge, uh, the economy tends to suffer because they have no idea of how economics works or, you know, the, the laws of supply and demand. What? And so, I don't think either side does right now. Right. But the, the, the left, the, the, the mentality of the left is definitely more heavily government spending and more taxing wealthy people in, into nothingness. Right. Like that's, that's a, yeah. a left ideology. Yeah. They overtly hate the, uh, hate the rich. Right. So if, if you're looking for wealth and prosperity in your area, um, it's hard to say that you're going to get that by voting Democrat or voting for the left because they actively fight to prevent that from happening. Right. If you want abject poverty in your area, then vote Democrat, vote left, because that's exactly what their policies result in. Whereas you can sort of you know, again, Republicans aren't perfect, but on on economic issues on a local level, um, you know, con- conservative economic conservatism and and conservative values tend to lead to less of that. Well, their, their rhetoric is better. That's, that's they've, what Ken, Ken they've got <laughs> they've got different players uh, that they favor. I, I, you know, the Republicans have been in bed with the farmers, the huge wealthy multimillionaire farmers they've been in bed with the huge wealthy multimillionaire banks and bankers the huge multi-wealthy uh uh defense contractors now i'd say the the republicans are are probably well as bad as the democrats because they they voice libertarian rhetoric but it's a huge lie because they don't practice it at all and they don't really believe in it i mean since when did any 
Republican president veto um, a uh, a uh, a welfare package or a a, a a redistribution package. Yeah, they don't. You know, okay. Trump never never vetoed it. The Republicans when they when the Republicans had both houses of Congress and the presidency under Bush, they increased spending more than the Democrats. Sure. But here, here locally, uh, New Hampshire has a Republican governor, and he has, on multiple occasions, vetoed uh, sales tax and an income tax bill, because that's part of you know the New Hampshire advantage. Uh, so the the only thing, like the 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 only thing stopping this state from having already established a sales tax and or an income tax, is the Republican governor at the chair, because they did they, they did not have a veto override majority at the state level. Yeah. But he, he also yeah. vetoed marijuana legislation. So you got mm. right. So we, we have like decrim here and some people are okay with that for whatever reason. Uh, but you know, like uh, you want to be able to smoke your weed and pay higher taxes, or do you want to be able to like illegally smoke your weed and pay lower taxes? Um, so at least, you know, at the, at the more local level, um, he has held off, you know, been, been the, the, you know, the, the stopgap at the gate. I don't know what, what metaphor I'm trying to use here, um, uh, from more, from more and higher taxes being a part of the New Hampshire system at least. Right. And he leverages that, um, during the elections, which is most likely why he got back in, right? Cause uh, New Hampshire went blue in a lot of ways, including the presidency, but he won the, uh, the gubernatorial race by a landslide. Like no question, people do not want uh, higher taxes or sales taxes or income taxes here, and he's the only thing stopping that. Yeah, that's that's great uh, within individual states. Uh, I'm just uh, uh, voicing this uh, dissatisfaction with uh, Republicans on the national stage in the Congress. No, I get. I mean, it. I might, get it. I'm not. There, I'm not there, defending some good exceptions. I think Rand Paul, for example, has been pretty good at at uh, you know voicing objection to all these things but most of the republicans just go right along with it right and on the uh, and on the national level i would agree with you which is why i don't want to sound like i'm defending republicans um but at the at the local level you know where where it more where it matters more on the national level as far as like how does it impact your life individually right hawaii having you know uh a democratic government governance um suffering economically versus New Hampshire having a Republican governor um, not struggling economically um, quite the opposite well we could uh, highlight yeah, the difference that's, there. that's a good example there Hawaii did have a Republican governor once uh, Linda Lingle and it was on her watch that she uh, approved the um, the railroad the biggest most expensive uh, project in state history um couldn't have been i don't, I don't know maybe it it, it 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 was a close vote it was a close thing and i think the governor siding uh with the pro rail uh forces and all was the thing that made it possible to to tip it into activity and it saddled the people with more worthless corrupt spending than than anything in it in and the democrats history. realizing this was such a terrible idea have repealed it and walked it back no 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 I'm, oh no i'm okay. no they're they're as bad 
um, and pushed it uh, all along. But uh, I think it took the, <laughs> the the Republican governor to make it to make it happen. And so I, I'm I'm just saying that they they're all in the same uh, bag here in Hawaii. I mean, you, you're looking at a local example. Yeah. Well, one of the things you know, one one of the confusing parts about living in Hawaii is looking at political ads. I I honestly couldn't tell you the difference between a Republican a Republican ad or a Democrat ad. Mm-hmm. Like it was so f- the 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 spread of of acceptable discourse was so narrow, right? That both sides sound the same because they have to in order to appeal to whatever <laughs> whatever voter base you have there as narrow as that may be oh yeah this is this is overwhelmingly uh, um i i even hate using the color blue and red because to me in all <laughs> growing up most of my life red was always associated with communism with uh, the the left and it was uh only in the 19 and the year 2000 election that the media somehow completely flipped that and got the um uh, when they were reporting the election results in the year 2000, they just started reporting uh, red as the uh, Republicans and that then they blue as the Democrats, which was complete reversal of anything before. And, and the public just swallowed it. I never try to apply those color def- uh, identities to the parties now. Do you think it would have been different if they had kept the, the Democrats red? Like, would you have been yeah. worried about the the red wave sweeping through for Joe Biden? Like <laughs> exactly. Remember the 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 outcry in the nineteen fifties, better red than dead. You know, I uh, know uh, better dead than red yeah. uh, type of thing. I mean, clearly the 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 red was the red communist flag of the Soviet Union, the red communist flag of the of uh, the People's Republic of China, uh, and uh, red was always associated with the left wing, and blue was the traditional sort of conservative uh, 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 blue of, of conservatism, you know, um, true blue, that sort of thing. And okay. it, got, it got flipped. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I, I, again, I, I want to know, like, what, what type of impact you think that that would have made in the current discourse? Because to me, it's just, you know, you're, you're, you've been assigned Team Red, they've been assigned Team Blue, and that's it. Right, you you wear the colors of the team you've been assigned. It, they, I think, they changed it knowing full well, just like they changed the word liberal into progressive, like they changed the word uh, communist or socialist into the word liberal, and then they changed it again to progressive because as soon as it got a bad rap, they they had to change it again. Okay, and progressive is actually going back to something that Robert Follett um, was the leader of in the early part of the of the nineteen hundreds. And the Robert La Follette was uh, had socialist tendencies, but he was um, he was also very much opposed to corruption and all that sort of thing. So they latched onto some um, sort of popular notion, just relabel it. Okay. And I think the left has been very good at constantly relabeling every time they become unpopular for some reason. You know, hey, well, you remember they, how they horrible... even changed definitions of words in the dictionary. So, yeah, <laughs> you remember yeah. how it used to be. To be called liberal was considered to be really a, a put down, and so they just changed it. <laughs> well, they also didn't parlay that into anything useful. It's not like the, it's not like they they're still using the term "better dead than red" in in reference to Republicans or conservatives. 
right because they changed the color (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) well yeah but but they changed they changed the color and but and they could have used that in their marketing right we're we're now the blue team they changed the color so that you couldn't use that that slogan anymore okay but they could they but what i'm saying is they could use it and they're not right they can't use it why not because they're communists (laughs) well But they, but they could cha- they could easily change it to just mean Republican and drop that but, whole you know. But as but long as they're erasing history, right? They're trying erase to erase it. it, not not change it. So okay, it, it yeah, it was just an effective way to to get people to stop saying uh, "better dead than red." Okay, and I would think from their side, you would still use that in reference to the uh, the Republicans and the conservatives. No, because there's too much memory of it. Okay, fair enough. That would that would just call out. It would just call more attention to the fact that they changed the colors. <laughs> if people care, like again, to me, the 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 blue red divide, right, it just makes it easily easy to understand the graphics on the TV, yeah, or in the newspaper. I, and I'm, I think you're, I think you're right, but I think there's also a a reason for the the color change. That's that's not what we're saying. It's a big conspiracy, man. Why don't you get on board? <laughs> it's you got to convince me. I, okay, and I've I've heard. Uh, one, one of the other co-hosts of Free Talk Live has made the case, and I think I mentioned it here on this show as well, uh, that the blue and red are like the two most dominant colors for human association, sure. right? Like if, if, you're the, if you're the green or the yellow or whatever other color that you, know, you can pick, um, you're automatically going to lose because um, humans associate red and blue more strongly than anything else. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, you can you can pick an, you can pick blue and try to ride the blue wave or you can pick red and try to ride the red wave um, but you've lost out on the color choices um, and yeah, so be- funny. one I think- time I, I actually had the chance to choose the ballot color for the libertarian party of Hawaii um, I was with the green Democrat Republican at the lieutenant governor's office and I was representing the libertarian party of Hawaii and by draw of straws I came first I could choose the color that would represent um, the Libertarian Party of, of Hawaii on the ballot. And there were, there was red, green, um, uh, blue, and, and yellow. <laughs> and uh, I, I wanted to choose green because that was what I associated with the, the Libertarian Party when I first uh, knew it. Uh, Ed Clark always had green campaign brochures and all that. And you would have but doomed thought, them to failure. <laughs> but I thought, oh, well, you know, how can you go against green for the green party? So I, so I chose yellow and, uh, and, and doom them to failure. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, doom to the libertarians to get failure. Yeah. No, I chosen, don't think I would have chosen red. Well, and that's part of it. That's, that's part of what the, the claim was being made, <laughs> right? If you, if, if you make red or blue your color, like libertarians would have a better chance in winning elections if they were to steal one of those colors and associate the libertarian brand with either red or blue, right? You, it, it might add some confusion. People going, is that really a Republican or a Democrat? Doesn't matter. Red or blue works. Yellow and green do not. Allegedly. I didn't sure. read the research. If I had been a, a marketing expert, I would have chosen colors with uh, more uh, subversive or, or you know subliminal um, intent. But I just thought it didn't matter. <laughs> and and generally, I would agree with you that it doesn't matter. But to the vast majority of people, it does. And since those are the people that you're trying to convince, 
right? You have to, you know, know your audience and it's politics, man. It's all marketing and propaganda, right? I mean, that's, that's why libertarians lose because they're the party of principle, not the party of marketing and propaganda. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> if you want, if you want to win, you got to get the marketing, right? You got to get the propaganda in order. You got to tell the people what they want to hear and then find a way to like implement libertarian programs. Give them, give them the color scheme, give them the buzzwords, right? Give them the catchphrases. Nobody cares about way, principle. Uh, on this point of, of electoral fraud or, or rigging the election and so on, I think it's existed throughout time. It's always been a phenomenon. I think in, if you read about the, the elections in the, in the 1900s and the 1800s, uh, they were always doing it. And, That's what I'm saying. And getting by with it. And uh, I remember there was a, an election here an early race between Linda Lingle and uh, Ben Cayetano in, in Hawaii. And this, this one brave journalist, Malia Zimmerman, um, was investigating how the state used its leverage, uh, say uh, inspections of uh, health and safety, for example, to intimidate businesses that would put up posters favoring um, Linda Lingle. And um, that, uh, she would uh, investigate the ballots afterwards, and she found that uh, a whole lot of registered ballots were to an empty lot in part of the island here. And uh, there were old folks' homes that had all registration of maybe a hundred people all on the same day, all in the same handwriting, all in the same minute. Always very suspicious. Even some uh, people who were uh, not legal documented residents in the, in the islands here having having ballots. Um, so these things were pervasive, but the investigation went on long after the uh, election was over and people pretty much accepted, okay, certain things happen, but this is the momentum. And I think that's what we're caught in right now. I think we're we're caught in the general momentum. It's, it's assumed by people that uh, Biden will win. Uh, the Electoral College is going to meet in nine days. I think that the vote, I think that the vote is probably going to be for him. There will be fringe people who will probably continue to challenge uh, the, the voting, but it won't really make any difference. I think we're on a, on a course of momentum that um, um, I, I think it's good that you're raising these questions. And it was very important for me when I saw the, the video material and, and the, challenge of, of these boxes under the table that suddenly appeared after everybody had gone home and, and that that sort of thing is useful to see and um, but I, I think the momentum is such in the country that it's not going to make any difference yeah. what could make a difference is if, if Donald Trump um, surprises people again with some kind of action that that uh, they don't predict and and that's typical of him I think that uh, it, it it could come up to something like that yeah i don't i don't care which way it goes but I, I what i what i hope is is that it pisses a whole bunch of people off because you know what people that vote deserve to be pissed off <laughs> <laughs> well but is it going to change behavior right is 2024 going to roll around and be like no we know what happened the last time you know they well, they screwed us no they're going to vote harder <laughs> yeah vote harder yeah Vote harder, vote earlier, vote more frequently, right? Like I don't, I don't, I get well, the, I get the moment, part of the momentum aspect, and you can call this a fraud as well. Um, 
part of the momentum aspect is the vast majority of, of uh, voters, right, look at the popular vote. They go, well, of course he should win. He's got the popular vote. Maybe. I, I get that's not how it works, but it's it's a lot easier to maintain that momentum when you have the popular vote, right? If he actually has it, how many, how many votes are fraudulent? That's what I'm it, saying. You can make it, that argument if you want, but yeah. what the media is reporting and what people see is that Joe Biden won the popular vote um, after Hillary Clinton won the popular vote the last time, yeah. right? If, but that's a big if, if you believe it. I, d- I don't believe it necessarily. Okay. But that's what's being portrayed, right? You know, you, you would oh, yeah. have a bigger uproar I don't, I don't if they overturn the popular vote after Biden wins the popular vote and the Electoral College, allegedly. Yeah, I don't believe everything that is portrayed, though. So. Well, okay. Uh, I, I still think that ballots are better than bullets in deciding leaders. And so, I mean, yes, it's uh, always um, uncertain about the process but you know what's going to make what what do you propose as the alternative well i propose that everybody distrust and defund the government yeah as a libertarian i agree with that uh too um i'd say that's down the road a little ways and maybe maybe actually this is will will help propel it i mean i would like to think I, I, i would like to think the democrats would say oh because trump could do such dastardly things we've got to reduce the power that he's got but no they're not they're they're, they like having the power in their guy so they're not they're not recoiling against the power of government they're just recoiling against a particular kind of guy in charge of it yeah well which is why they're not going to recoil this time because biden's in i always hope when when election stuff like this happens that that i'll I'll gain more friends but i never do people people (laughs) are people you know um that they they do not want to let go of that the idea that controlling others is uh, the moral just thing to do. Um, and if if their guy doesn't get in, that that the world is going, that the sky is going to fall. Um, and so uh, what I'm what what I hope for is that the sky falls either way. And uh, that that's you know that's all I care about. I just want to see the sky fall. See what happens. Oh yeah. Maybe we I, ought to maybe we ought to make a pitch about. Uh, uh, how there's never a controversy about the Swiss presidential election because he has no power. People don't even recognize him on the street. They don't know anything about him because he's, he doesn't have any power. So that would be the kind of of uh, presidential election, even if it was terribly, terribly corrupt. It wouldn't matter because he has, there's no, no, uh, nothing decided by it. <laughs> well, and, and that still begs the question, how do you get back to that point in time here? Right? Like, to me, it's, it's well far gone, too far gone at this point to roll back the United States federal government to the level of, yeah, it doesn't matter who's in charge, right? Like, that's that moment in history has come and gone, uh, and you missed it. It's you, you have what you have now, and for better or worse, um, you have like no impact on changing it in any significant way. Which is also why I know you said ballots are better than bullets. I'm not against bullets, right? Like that's that's the, that's the stop loss mechanism against all invasive and uh, tyrannical governments, right? That's well for those who survive. Um, a lot of people just get slaughtered, sure, when there are bullets flying, and a lot of innocent people. I mean, of course, 
we're all innocent. <laughs> but the thing is that uh, uh, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying and I agree. Yes, that's the, the ultimate uh, way of defending yourself and your rights and so on like that. Uh, but when the bullets get flying in a revolution or um, a civil war, it's, um, I mean, the America Civil War, a lot of innocent people went down. Uh, and there was an awful lot of hardship and suffering by the rest. So uh, philosophically, I agree with you. But in practice, uh, I'm, I, I would keep, I would want to keep that off. And, th you know, when you look around at life, still things are still pretty good, even on a historic basis. Um, life is better now, except for this damned uh, coronavirus pandemic and, and the government's reaction to that. But even with that, things are better than they were 50 years ago or 100 years ago. Sure. And my concern is, is and always will be, um, at what point is it too late to turn back? Right. Yeah. yeah things are good, better now, but they yeah. progressively get worse. And at some point, the government becomes too tyrannical to fight back against and overthrow. Right. And then, yeah. and then whatever part, whatever part of history you're living in in that point, right, you're either in the worst, under the worst circumstances humanly imaginable. Um, and then, all, then maybe you ride it out and it, the government collapses under its own weight. Uh, and your ancestors, you know, have some modicum of freedom, right? Or you fight back, and yeah, it's, it's collateral damage um, happens, right? People die, uh, but that's you know, to me, that's a way to stave off that tyrannical phase because that that could last indefinitely as well, where Good no point. one has Good any point. freedom. On the uh, on the other hand, let me caution against uh, the domino theory, the domino effect. I mean, I remember in the early part of uh, the 1960s being told that uh, Vietnam was just one domino to our eventual control and tyranny. You know, the Soviets were, uh, the, the communists were going to take over Vietnam and it was going to be all of Asia and then it was going to be all of Latin America and then it was going to be America. So what Americans saw as a defense of freedom in America was that domino way out there in, in, uh, in Vietnam. And so therefore, the, the country rallied to a horrible, horrible cause, I think, um, fearing that down the road we were just one more domino that was going to fall as an inevitable consequence of not stopping that thing with all the violence and force at our command. And so in, a, in the same sense, I, I, I want to, yes, I, I see what you're saying, that yes, these things can lead to tyranny down the road, and liberty is the, uh, vigilance is the price of liberty all the way along the way. That's why I've been active in, in libertarian politics all my life. And yet, uh, I also want to be um, cautious of the about the fact that you don't pull out the guns at the first, at the first domino, <laughs> you know? Oh, see, and part of me, I'm okay with pulling it out the first domino because that's, that's, that stops the rest from falling. Right. Like one of the, one of the discussions that I had with at, um, one of our local meetups here was over the uh, Joe Biden proposed uh, gun buyback confiscation, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call his uh, gun epidemic response. Are you familiar with this at all? Like, do I need to? No, no, I hadn't. Yeah. Okay. So Joe Biden's gun policy program now um, is 
mandatory buybacks for those who can't afford the tax stamp for uh, assault rifles, whatever that's defined as, high capacity magazines uh, as defined as anything over 10 rounds, and a litany of other things, right? So if you, if you have you know a, a standard AR rifle with a standard AR magazine, um, you either turn it in or you pay the tax stamp because it's now a, a NFA item, National Firearms Act. How much is this stamp? 200 bucks per magazine. Wow. Each year. Uh, No, I think it's a one-time thing, but you know, like it's just, it adds up for people with large collections of guns, right? Then, then, you know, the, the, one of the arguments being made um, is that that means that uh, self-defense is a right that only the wealthy have, right? Because if if you're a poor person and you buy a rifle uh, and you get your standard 30 round magazine, well, you know, now, now you got to pay the tax stamp on top of that. So that, you know, or turn it in, right? That's, that's the other mandatory buyback. If you don't want to pay the tax man, his, his tax stamp. So that's, you know, that's on the table there, you know, depending on which point of view you listen to, it's unlikely to come to pass because there's going to be way too much pushback against it. Um, so I'm having this discussion with, uh, again, another local here and I go like, well, the pushback against this should have started like when they when they said you know no more uh, full automatics right when there was a, the ban on full autos right I go like people should have pushed back then but what did what did the you know uh, second amendment advocates and the gun people do at that point well they conceded right they said well no one really we don't even really use full auto full auto doesn't really have a purpose we mostly fire on semi automatic anyway so yeah full auto no big deal right and so and so you know the the average american citizen lost his ability for full fully automatic firearms right and then they go well we can't do full auto but we can do this like this bump stock thing where it it uh it mimics full auto so you you still you don't really need full auto you don't really need a bump stock but if that's your thing right then go ahead and pop one of these suckers on and then trump came along and said "Eh, no more bump stocks you know, banned, turn them in, pay the tax, whatever. Uh, th- those are no longer allowed. And rather than fight back, what did the, the second amendment folks do and the gun lovers and the gun people, the, the gun crowd, they went, well, bump stocks weren't that accurate anyway. Like only the weird people were using bump stock. We, we don't really need the bump stocks. Uh, so we just, you know, we'll just go ahead and we don't need them. So you can, you can go ahead and have that too. Right. Just out of curiosity, a bump stock, do you still have to have finger action with each shot? Uh, it's just very slight, or is it that you hold it and it just... Uh, you hold your finger just... steady. So uh-huh. you pull the trigger, and then as steady as you can with your trigger finger, you just leave it in place. Now, the, the firearm, the projectile, will naturally recoil the rifle back, right, which will take your finger off the trigger, and the bump stock will bump off your shoulder and push the trigger back forward. Oh, I see. And so it's the action of the of the shot itself that co- that causes the next firing. Right. You don't, the the, you don't the recoil have to back against finger. the bump stock Correct. and the springing forward from the bump stock. I see. Okay. And, but but again, it's highly inaccurate, right? So real real shooters, uh, you know, won't use it for for, for anything sufficient. Um, but but there are uses for full auto, maybe not for hunting, uh, but for defending yourself against a tyrannical government, 
who has a history of encroaching on people's rights, right? That's, that's a thing that, that should be there. Um, but the, 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 the second amendment people went, no, no, we don't, you don't really need full auto. You you can have that. We'll just fire a semi-automatic. Um, and then they said, well, if you want the idea of full auto, then you just use the bump stock. And then they took the bump stocks away. And they're still saying like, ah, you don't really, really, you don't really need the bump stock. We can just do this anyway. Um, there's been a big brouhaha with the ATF over the last month or two about pistol braces and how those are defined, right? Because, you know, it, it looks like a stock. Uh, so you can put it on your pistol, your short barreled rifle um, or your short barreled firearm. That would be a rifle and have to pay a tax stamp for if you had a, if it had a stock on it. Uh, but you put this pistol, quote unquote, pistol brace uh, that resembles a stock, oddly enough, and functions as a stock, oddly enough, uh, and you get around the tax stamp, right? So now they're, you know, now they're coming after pistol braces uh, and saying that, no, no, uh, everyone who has, you know, blah, 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 pistol brace over the last however many years, uh, that is now an NFA item. Um, pay the tax or you're, you're now a felon. Right. And so that's, that's one of the big fights going on right now within that community, uh, to see what's, what's going to happen with the pistol braces or the high capacity magazines or your, you know, your average run of the mill, um, semi-automatic sporting rifle. Gotta, I gotta be careful to call it a sporting rifle. Cause that's, that's the term they like to use, uh, the American sporting rifle. But again, my point is that if they had put up a bigger fight in the beginning, right. And not made all these concessions along the way. Uh, you wouldn't be able to even consider the thought of taking away, uh, magazines more than 10 rounds or pistol braces that have a, have a use, uh, as intended or otherwise. Uh, well, but it's, yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, there's a good, a very good argument that, that just, to stop it early means okay they're not going to keep encroaching and that's what what hayek would have called the road to serfdom and the more you allow the more it's going to grow on the other hand um one needs to be careful that with it the action to resist is accompanied by um good public relations and good uh in other words you you want to have the crowd behind you not against you when you take your defensive action uh, and there's a, a lot of just strategy and diplomacy and public publicity and and uh, building the the community support for your action. The the lone gunner like at Ruby Ridge, uh, who was his name? What was his name? Uh, um, didn't he he garnered some support among a small cadre of people within the country, but but um, he could have. Uh, it probably would have been more effective if he had had a much broader support that could have hammered the government for its actions against him. What was the guy's name at Ruby? Yeah. Ridge? I'm, I'm spacing on his name as well, but I know who you're talking about. Uh, and I hear what you're saying, but right now, right. If you look at the, the, the world of politics uh, with the left, with the Democrats, with the progressives dominating the majority, Right where is one to stand on this? You're, you're not going to get good optics uh, to keep your firearms when the vast majority of people want to see you disarmed, right? That's the time to use it. Well, uh, I wouldn't say that they overwhelmingly dominate because uh, Randy Weaver was the guy's name, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> uh, 
uh, because look how close, the, look how close the election was. I mean, uh, people were surprised at how close the election was. That that demonstrates that there's a uh, a gigantic divide out there, and I'm, I'd, I wouldn't say that the left has overwhelming dominance. So, like if Joe Biden, so if Joe Biden gets his way with the gun laws and you got to either pay your tax stamp or no one's allowed over 10 rounds in a magazine because of the optics, just go ahead and turn in your guns. There'll be another day to fight where you'll have the, the majority advantage. You'll get those rights back. You'll get those magazines back. Now, I get it. The 94 no, I mean, high capacity, I, the federal magazine, the, the federal ban, like sunsetted. So uh, there's some evidence there. But how rare is that? I, I'm guessing in Hawaii it's already been outlawed. <laughs> uh, it is. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys have no chance. But I bet the politicians would act differently if you did, right? If they couldn't, if they couldn't get away with that because their life was now on the line, eh, maybe maybe people yeah. behave differently. Maybe yeah, not. Depend depends on who they are there too. Yeah, there's a lot of things to look on down the road. I think that. Um, I think that Democrats have to be kind of nervous about a Trump comeback. He's not out of the picture yet. I think they might try to put him out with um, uh, prosecutions, and that that might be worrying Trump because there's a number of ways that they could go after him and prosecute him at, when he's no longer president. Um, but if they're not successful at that, uh, I think they might be worried about a comeback that could be more ferocious and in 2024 so, return of the MAGA. Yeah, that's what I'm calling yeah, it. Right. And that uh, that's um, this pendulum reaction uh, to people has got to be probably one of the biggest reasons for them to be worried about you know, not to exercise their power too too uh, ferociously because of the reaction that they could get later on. Now, if Trump does get prosecuted in some way, do you think he would regret not going after more Democrats? Like, wasn't it one of his big campaign things? Like, I'm putting Hillary in jail and then didn't do anything, right? Is he is he uh, playing on the, on the idea that they won't really come after him and prosecute him for whatever after the fact? And if they're unsuccessful and he does come back in 2024, will he then just go, you know, ape shit and take down everyone who even thought about standing against him politically? I think he's going to do what what George Bush Sr. did. George Bush Sr. was um, going to be prosecuted on the Iran-Contra scandal. He was in, most in charge of that program. And as the investigation went up the ladder from Casper Weinberger and and uh, McFadden and and uh, uh, North Oliver North, as it went up the ladder, as the prosecution got closer and closer to him. Once he was out of office, he would have been the next in line to be prose- face prosecution. So what he did on the day before he left office, uh, because remember, he, uh, he was a one-term president, um, he pardoned everybody in that case, anyone that could lead to him. And I think that that may yet happen with Trump. He may uh, just do a sweeping pardon um, of anybody. And, and these people hadn't even been convicted yet. They were under investigation. So by okay. pardoning them, the, the investigation ended. And I'm guessing that he has that power. And if he's worried about it, I'm sure he's being advised about how potentially harmful this could be. 
Um, ah, so does he step down a day before and then get his pardon by President Pence after pardoning <laughs> everybody else? Well, that's they're already concerned about it. Nixon sure did that himself. Yeah, yeah. And then and I, and Pence would certainly do it. There's no question in my mind that he wouldn't do it. Sure. There was there was one conspiracy where uh, Trump steps down, Pence Pence takes over, does the pardon, and then also steps down before the election. Uh, making Nancy Pelosi president of the United States for like a couple of days if she wanted to take office, right? But in doing so would have to give up her Senate seat and that would be like a way to entice her out of the Senate. No, she's in the House of Representatives. Oh, House, yeah, sorry. She's Speaker of the House. That's what I meant. Then she would have to give up, she, she wouldn't have to give up her seat. To become the president? She could be the Speaker of the House she's, and the president? She's yeah. I mean, as Speaker of the House, she's acting president, but she doesn't give up her position. I you don't think I she would be sworn that. in as as the president. All right. I mean, she would be sworn in to carry the authority of the president, but I don't think she that would uh, then no longer make her Speaker of the House. Well, it was an interesting theory because that's what they were suggesting. Yeah. Right? Okay. How can how can you be Speaker of the House and the president? Isn't that a conflict of interest? Well, you know, the world is built on these false assumptions. Like, for example, Donald Trump made a, a huge reputation for himself by saying, well, Barack Obama wasn't born in America. He wasn't born in Hawaii. So he's not a legitimate uh, person to be president. He doesn't have to be born in America. Um, no one challenged that he was born, that his mother was a U.S. citizen, and therefore he's a U.S. citizen, regardless of where he was born. Just like John McCain was born in Panama. Ted Cruz was born in Canada. No one questioned that they had no right to be president. And yet Donald Trump built his whole reputation of it as a birther saying, ah, he wasn't born in Hawaii. I mean, and yet that, that lie persists. Uh, the, not, not the lie, but I mean the, the misunderstanding of what uh, legitimacy is. And so I wouldn't be, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised that a theory could come out saying this about what Nancy Pelosi might do. Well, um, if that's the case with Obama, he could have like squashed that lie by just producing his Kenyan birth certificate and saying, like, "Yeah, but I'm a born of an American citizen, so it doesn't matter." Hawaii or Kenya, I'm still the president. But he perpetuated the lie that he was born in Hawaii because he knew that that was the only way to maintain his presidential seat. <laughs> I, I, his his presidency <laughs> wasn't dependent on that. I can't believe we're still talking about this about a Barack Obama, but. You brought uh, it up. Well, I'm saying that how how these things don't matter, and I, uh, I mean they 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 are not the real issue. No one challenged that he was not born from his mother, who was a U.S. citizen. No one challenged that she, his mother, wasn't a U.S. citizen. So therefore, right, it didn't matter where he was born. That's what I'm saying. So he could have just said, "Yeah, I was born in Kenya," and it still doesn't matter. But he didn't say that. Well, he didn't. Of course, he wasn't born in Kenya, <laughs> and the you know, the hospital Kapiolani Hospital did produce a birth certificate uh, ultimately. But these are private things, and not not up to him to release. Anyway, then Fair they enough. challenged whether or not the, the the document had been tampered with. But that's not for him to release the. And besides, it's private information. Donald Trump still hasn't released any tax forms of his own, and that no one says, "Well, then he." Uh, uh, shouldn't be president because he didn't release tax forms, you know. He... Yeah, I never understood that either. Like, what did that matter? I didn't. I don't understand where his his tax records would disqualify him from being president. 
No, it's just a, it was just a tradition of candidates to release it to to show their you know their their good citizens and all that and oh. and Trump had a very probably a very uh, you know his tax returns would reveal a lot about his business activities and he had no desire to do so to release it so yeah because they were well, private business activities mm-hmm. I get that if 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 releasing that would give uh, some sort of inside information to his business competitors right <laughs> why would you make that public yeah yeah sure but they but it wasn't a it wasn't it's not like it was an impeachable offense it was just people getting upset that he didn't release it but who cares that's right although not, there are there are factors it wasn't just an proprietary information it was uh the speculation is that he had a lot of business dealings with the bundesbank and uh other uh banks that were uh you know fraudulent that he had they had cooked the books in order to get massive loans okay and uh that sort of thing so they're they're I mean, it could be just that, well, it's private and I don't want my competitors to know. And it could yeah. also be that he was trying to hide some uh, questionable dealings with uh, with banks that uh, he yeah. was going to have power over. No, I get it. They, they kind of brought that up with the the Hunter Biden thing, right? You know, giving the giving the meetings to the big guy for money, right? It was like, well, if, if he really received this money, why doesn't it show up on his financial records? Well, because money laundering doesn't. Right. <laughs> if you're if you're hiding money, you know, and you're you're hiding unscrupulous dealings, they're not going to show up on you know on the front page of your bank transactions. It's it's going to be buried somewhere, and it's going to take a, a bunch of investigation to piece it all together and track it down. So even if Trump had, has, go ahead. No, no, I was just curious if the book has been written about all that sort of deals with uh, Biden and all that. I mean, I, I guess a lot has been revealed but has it all been put together into a comprehensive package yet i mean i would be fascinating oh. reading <laughs> uh, maybe maybe in a few years but to me all of that was uh an election strategy right the election's over that strategy didn't work it's no longer relevant you're not you're not going to overturn the election because they found something new on hunter biden um so that's like in the past right forgotten news uh now it's now it's just moving forward with what do you do now um to, to steal back the election from the people. All right. Final thoughts? No, thank you. All right. That'll do it for us then. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Aloha.